0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Uh, While there may be some rabble rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow, our message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. We are the safest large city in America because we respect the rule of law in New York City. And although we have no specific threats, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread misinformation and hate speech, uh, she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior as always. When does he get accused of misogyny? When does he get accused of misogyny? Look, I'm not a big Marjorie Taylor Greene fan. But holy cow. If being accused of lies excludes you from being in New York, how does Wall Street have anybody show up? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I'm the only person who thought of that line? Bullcrap. No way. Come on now. 833 Got Tony. Would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Operators are standing by. What What a line. Hey, warning people. Listen, you come to New York, you come to New York, you cause a scene, there will be problems. I got no problem with that. I have no problem with that at all. You're calling out Marjorie Taylor Greene specifically? That's... Has a peculiar... She has uh, peddled misinformation and hate speech. If that precludes you from being in New York, who is going to tell Hillary Clinton to move? Guys, I can do this all day. I can do this. I mean, this is easy. All day. I can do this all day. All day, son. Not, not even a question. By the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene, was she, was she on uh, 60, uh, 60 Minutes, and she was she was taking fire and giving fire.
1: Work on our social media. Did you apologize for your position on Parkland, Florida? What was oh. my position on Parkland, Florida? That it was a false I don't flag? know if you actually have my position. No, I never said Parkland was a false Did flag. Did you? No, I've never said that. School shootings are horrible. I don't think it's anything to joke about. We fact-checked before I got to this interview. Have you fact-checked all my statements from kindergarten through 12th grade and in college? And as I've paid my taxes and never broken a law and the only I got a few speeding tickets. Do we need to talk about those, too? Because I think where you're going down is the same attacks that people have attacked me with over and over and over. Well, if this is what you're known for. I think it's good that you're responding to the charges. I think it's I think I I think it's a legitimate for because thing people for us to constantly do. focus on it, but never focus on anything good about me. Let me button this up and we'll move okay, on. Okay, you, you, you are you in the you Republican party.
0: What charges, Leslie Stahl? What 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 charges are there against Marjorie Taylor Greene? Oh, Jewish space lasers? Yeah, I agree. That was nuts. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. I said so. I meant it. I've never apologized for it because I've got nothing to apologize for. Nothing at all. It was a ridiculous commentary from Marjorie Taylor Greene And that's that. But the idea that Marjorie Taylor Greene has to apologize for every last thing, well, is this now who we are? We apologize for every last thing? And what I liked about what Marjorie Taylor Greene was doing, although I don't think she did it well, it was at least an effort. If we take a look at, for example, the Trump white supremacist conversation, everyone and their mother will tell you that Trump never denounced white supremacists, except Trump had done it numerous times. But they keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up to say that he hasn't. A media is not of value if they take something you said once, and you're like, you know what, that was the wrong thing to say, you know what, I should have said it this way, and it becomes the only thing that you ever get asked about. If it becomes the only thing you ever get asked about, well, then the interest is not about you. The interest is about your dis- your, your destruction. I mean, that's what the interest is. You would think at this stage of the game, if saying something inappropriate or saying something at the moment inaccurate is the thing that paints you for the rest of your days, how in the world does anybody explain Joe Biden with the massive amount of gaffes that happen every single day? There are so many gaffes regarding Joe Biden that we had to put it it's a song.
2: Harris Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing.
1: Say it ain't so, Joe.
0: If we're now go- going to say that what you said in the past is the only thing we care about now, even when you've already addressed it, because I don't mind that, that you want somebody to address something. Well, then, dear Lord and goodness gracious, let's
2: address this. The town of Rolling Stone will be back and will be with you every step of the way. And I, did I what did I say? I, I didn't, I said, Rolling Fork, Rolling Stone. I got my mind
0: going here. He's in a town in Mississippi that has been hit by storms. The town has just been rocked. It's the town of Rolling Fork. He calls it Rolling Stone. Now, after the hundredth time he's done it, can't we notice that it's just not okay? Can't we notice it's disgusting that the guy... He's reading off of a paper. He's reading off of a teleprompter. He can't do it. How many times will he get discussed? And when I bring it up, it's it's ageism? His incompetence? His being incapable? There's nothing wrong with asking a question of Marjorie Taylor Greene about something she said. There is something about saying that because of that... Even though, even though it has been explained, it's not good enough. Do you feel that's enough of an apology? What kind of thing is that? But I love how you're seeing people like Marjorie Taylor Green on 60 Minutes, and I, I would agree with her that she should have done it. But the objective is she becomes the new boogeyman. She becomes... The new boogeyman. She becomes the new reason of attack. Exactly what the right did to Pelosi. The left now wants to do with Marjorie Taylor Greene. And anybody who disagrees with the Democrats, well, you're just a Marjorie Taylor Green supporter. I mean, that's all you are. The She is emblematic of the extreme MAGA uh, Republicans. She shouldn't come to New York and be a rabble rouser. It's a lot of outsized attention to the woman. Why is that? Because they want to elevate her because she's an easy target. And admittedly, she has done some stuff to make herself an easy target. But she also ain't afraid to punch.
1: My question really is, can't you fight for what you believe in without all that name calling? And without the personal attacks? Well, I would ask the same question to the other side. Because all they've done is call me names and insult me nonstop since I've been here, Leslie. They call me racist. They call me um, uh, anti-Semitic, which is not true. I'm not calling anyone names. I'm calling out the truth.
0: It's a take and it goes to this idea of toughness and people are certainly attracted to toughness although i don't know 100% if they're attracted uh to marjorie taylor green what's fascinating is that in the whole conversation about speaker uh she's the one who is seen as the adult in the room i'm back in mccarthy i'm done here let's just get this done let's go govern it's fascinating it really is but you could see how they're moving this and how they're how they're turning Uh, This and the objective is to elevate her so they can then go about destroying her Now the guy who needs to be destroyed and when I say destroyed I mean impeached and I mean gone Is Alejandro Mayorkas the Homeland Security Secretary Who simply Will not admit that we have a problem He won't state that we have a problem at the border. He refuses.
2: The Chief of the Border Patrol, Raul Ortiz, testified before Congress that some areas of the border are in a crisis situation. Do you agree? I think that we face a very serious challenge in certain parts of the border. Do you view what's happening right now in the border as a crisis? I view it as a significant challenge. Why won't you say the word crisis? You know what, because I have tremendous faith in the people of the Department of Homeland Security. And a crisis uh, speaks to me uh, of a withdrawal uh, from our mission, and we are only putting more force and more energy into it.
0: Yeah, nobody believes that. No, nobody believes that. No one believes that there's more force being put into it. Nor does anybody believe this this testimony before Congress last fall raised a few
2: eyebrows
1: secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure
2: yes and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security congressman what the American people see is a border that looks to be chaotic that looks to be porous well let's I mean the number of people that are arriving at our border um is at an extraordinary height there's no question about that but that is not unique to the southern border of the united states there
0: yes it is the numbers are at all-time highs ergo unique we are seeing areas on the northern border something called the swanton sector this is uh where where vermont is they had more border crossings in the month of january than they had in the previous 12 Januaries combined. The Swanton Sector, more crossings in January of 2023 than there were January crossings at the Swanton Sector in January. January's crossings, I just said that, for the past 12 years combined. It is different not because I say so, but because the data says so. So why would you sit there and tell 60 Minutes that it's not? Now, you could say to me, Tony, you just shared two stories about, you know, they, they asked him, why won't he say crisis? They asked Marjorie Taylor Green, why, uh, why, why won't you uh, apologize for this, that, or the other? If she says she's not going to apologize, she's not going to apologize. If they're going to misrepresent something she said, she should let them know that. But I would argue that if you have somebody declaring there is no crisis and you ask them why they don't use the term crisis, well, they don't use the term crisis because they feel it's an affront to the men and women who work at the border. You could argue that's weak sauce. You don't say crisis because politically it sounds bad. And then you tell uh, people on TV during an interview this chaotic that looks to be porous.
2: Well, let's I mean, the number of people that are arriving at our border um, is at an extraordinary height. There's no question about that. But that is not unique to the southern border of the United States. There is a tremendous amount of movement throughout the hemisphere and, in fact, throughout the world.
0: The chief of the border who cares about it throughout the world? It's not. It's a non-answer. You think by not using the word crisis, you make everything better? You, you you don't. You still have the issue. As I said, you can ask people about what they've said. That's fine. But we're going to make the claim that Marjorie Taylor Greene is the most awful person in the world. When take a look at the commentaries that have been put out by a host of others who will never have the question asked of them. When a bunch of Trump supporters get together, it's a super spreader event. When Antifa sets buildings on fire, the event is mostly peaceful. That's what we're seeing. It's kids' gloves with Mayorkas, and it shouldn't have been. He should be pressed on this crisis conversation. Of course, the whole conversation about Jewish space lasers from Margie Taylor Greene was insane. It was insane. It was ridiculous. But the reason they're interviewing her is not to make her look good. It's to elevate her to say this is the emblem of the extreme MAGA Republicans. And anything she says will now be what the Republican Party says. That's the objective. Just watch it play out. I'm Tony Katz. The people have spoken, and it turns out when the people speak long enough or loud enough, some are listening. In this case, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A reversing their decision they will be keeping at long last the side salad
2: yes 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 uh,
0: people were upset and concerned chick-fil-a was going to do away with the side salad and they lost their minds
2: No, god i love cocaine no god please no 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 o-m-g are you kidding me right now ew david i hate eleanor nazis they went
0: nuts and Chick Fil A said, "Dude, it's lettuce and a tomato. It's lettuce and a tomato. Maybe everybody should calm down." And the people were not going to calm down. And Chick Fil A was like, "Remain calm, all is well." And then they decide, you know what? You know what? Maybe, maybe we need, maybe we need the salad back.
2: Fat, Drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, son.
0: And so they 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 brought it back. They said, "Here you go, everybody." Here you go. here's some here's some salad. Here here's that that lettuce that you've been raving about. Have a nice day. So it's back. I have never gotten the side salad. I uh, I, I, I didn't know they had one. I just figured that you did what you did at Chick-fil-A. You got waffle fries. And then you said, thank you for the waffle fries. Why, yes, I would like all the sauces, please. And then um, they, w- they would bring it to you and you'd say, thank you and go about your business. This is what I thought you did at Chick-fil-A. No one told me there was a side salad. No one told me that that was a ridiculous option. Uh, full disclosure, I've never had the side salad at at a uh, at Chick-fil-A, uh, ma- mainly because I love myself, and why would I, why would I ever, why would I ever waste my time or my dollars there? I I could have had the ice dream. Wasn't that isn't that like a whole ice milk thing? It's not ice cream. It's something, it's something else. Uh, I I could I could have the waffle fries. I I could have I could just eat more chicken. Right, all of that, all these opportunities. This is this is not a steakhouse, and I wouldn't get the side salad, I would get a Caesar, because I am not an animal. That's right. You go with the Caesar, people. You uh, look. I'm here to help you. You go with the Caesar, and uh, do you want the anchovies? Yes, you do. Cause you're not an animal. God, there's so much to teach. From OPEC to McDonald's, Biden's economy stinks. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, scheduled to be with us to break it down. This is Tony Katz Today. Super strange indeed when you recognize... That we have companies that are cutting everywhere, whether you're talking about Microsoft, you're talking about Google or Alphabet, we're talking about Facebook, Amazon, they're cutting left and right. The tech sector, it's a quarter million jobs uh, that have been shed and you're seeing it now in other places like McDonald's, which shouldn't be a place that's shedding jobs at all, considering that stock price is really at an all-time high. But they've closed the corporate offices because it seems like they're gearing up for something that's pretty bad. And that's only part one of a story because the part two has OPEC, those oil-producing nations, saying we're going to reduce production by a million barrels a day. A day. Maybe we actually should be looking at energy security, or do people call it energy independence, or do people call it like Trump did energy dominance? It's Tony Katz today. That's the name of the show, guys. I'm Tony Katz. Good to be with you. Let's bring in Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, DR Matt Will, M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L on the Twitter box. I don't know if you want to start with OPEC or you want to start with McDonald's. I'll, I'll literally let you go dealer's choice here. Uh, you, you give me the subject. I'll ask the question. Go for it. Uh, Tony, I'll go with uh, oil for $1,000. Ah, honestly, I could do a much better job than Ken Jennings or Mayim Bialik. I'm ready to host uh, uh, Jeopardy. Did you, By the way, you said OPEC or McDonald's. I forget. I was just so excited that about oil, the Jeopardy. Oil. We're going All with right. oil. You have, sir, OPEC saying that they're going to cut by a million barrels a day. Oil's been like, uh, I I forget where it's been, but one of the unique things about this has been Russia, where their oil has been priced at, uh, capped at $60. Japan recently got an opportunity to buy that oil at $70 a barrel because they're an unbelievably thirsty nation. They desperately need the help. Is this move about cutting the barrels? Is this about giving help to Russia In in the flying in the face of United States sanctions and and Western nation sanctions regarding Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Is this just standard business? that They want to make more money. So they're cutting production. Or is there a third thing at play here, sir?
3: You know, Tony, it's standard. In fact, Goldman Sachs had a report this morning um, reiterating that this was expected by some people in the energy industry. Um, and there's a reason for it. It has nothing to do with Russia. It has to do with greed. It has to do with dollars in the pockets of the Saudis. On the 20th of March, the West Texas Intermediate was at $64 a barrel. Today, based on this news, it bumped up to $80. Why was it dropping? Remember, Joe Biden was taking credit for the drop in oil prices. Well, it was dropping, and he deserves credit for it, Tony, because we're heading towards a recession. And when you go into a recession, the price of oil drops because of the lack of demand. So all that's happening is that OPEC is responding to an upcoming recession. They think there's going to be a recession that's going to decrease the price of oil. So they're cutting production in hopes of boosting it. And they did, Tony. It went from $64 just a couple of weeks ago to $80 a barrel today. And by the way, since we you've been on the air, the estimate is now that it's up over 2 million barrels per day cutting once they get through with all the cuts. That's 3% of the global oil production. they're cutting, Tony. That's
0: a lot. So I'm supposed to look at this and say this is a good thing, that my oil went from 60-something a barrel to $80 of 80-plus a barrel? No, I didn't say that. It's good for the
3: Saudis. The Saudis want the price of oil to go up. Now, I got to tell you, we could talk about the market's reaction to it, but the Saudis are happy about this. They're excited to see that it's up to $80 a barrel because they're going to make more money when they normally don't make as much money in a recession.
0: So this, this move that happens, they're seeing the recessionary pressures on them and they're trying to figure out how they bring in more dollars. Very often you'll hear this, this administration discuss, look, inflation's bad, but it's worse in such and such a company, country. Uh, you know, things are, are rough, but it's worse in such and such a a country. We're doing better than the rest of the world. No one cares that we're doing better than the rest of the world. We care that we're doing better than we are right now. Shouldn't this be the moment where the Biden administration says, well, this reliance on energy is uh, on on their energy is a real loser, not only from a a safety practicality point of view, but from a political point of view. But yet we continue to see moves from this administration that says no oil production, harming oil production and harming other ways uh, to get energy. Is this a moment of of finding opportunity for the administration is this a moment of sticking with the same old same old or is this an opportunity for other types of energy not the solar wind thing but that hydrogen conversation a nuclear conversation to come to the fore yeah you know, tony a few weeks ago you
3: told me you said matt you're you're so cute in the answer that i gave well tony i'm gonna say you're so cute you're so cute Because you're missing the obvious point that you are the expert on. It is all ideological, 100%. Last Wednesday, Joe Manchin in the Wall Street Journal, a Democrat, he wrote an opinion piece where he said President Biden betrayed him because of the ideology in his White House. This is a Democrat who was the key vote in getting this whole bill passed that is not inflation reduction. It's all about inflation creation. Because he said in the law that it required the expansion of fossil fuel. It required us to become energy independent, Tony. And Joe Manchin said, the Democrats said that he was betrayed by the president because they're all about ideology. The field crude production, Tony, we were at 13 million barrels a day before the, the pandemic we're at 12.4 million. We, the Biden administration is refusing to do and follow the law, Tony. They're refusing to follow the law that they signed.
0: Now, when it comes to Joe Manchin talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, uh, he Joe Manchin can make that claim, the senator can, but it's not factual. He knew exactly what was in it. He knew it was wordplay in order to be able to secure his vote as a funding package for other things. If he can be taken by this, it's time for Senator Joe Manchin to retire. But... Uh, I wanna get back to this not only the conversation about following the law, uh, but really a, a conversation about economics. When we see the price of oil going up, there are going to be a multiplicity of people, including those who donate to the Democratic party we are gonna make this ideological, who are gonna say, hey, this is not the best maneuver here. There are gonna be plenty of, of, of NATO nations and others saying, what in the world is going on? This is a terrible decision to be made right here, and we're not doing enough to apply the pressure the other way. Is there an economic pressure other nations can apply on OPEC to keep the production going? Uh,
3: Tony, there is not. And the reason is because it is in their best interest financially to have a shortage of oil because shortages causes the price to go up. If President Biden cared about this, if his political allies really cared about the politics of it, they'd say increase production. Tony, we're still below the 2019 levels of oil production in this country, and the president has complete control over that. And he's not increasing production. So you are right to say, are there political influences? There are. And there are economic reasons. But it seems as if this administration, I'm gonna go back to Joe Manson's, you know, again, Joe, we we know what he was doing politically. But he did write, he put it in the journal. That this administration is ideological, and I agree with that statement, even though we know he was taken for a ride. But we know that they are ideological. They don't care about their politics. They don't care about their economics.
0: Hey, maybe they'll pay the price at the ba- at the ballot box. We don't know. But it does affect our economics. Um, the changing, the, this change from OPEC. What does this do to Jerome Powell, chairman of the Fed, who is fighting this inflation fight, trying, he's, he's you know, said maybe we've seen the end of the rate increases, but he's only saying that because the rate increases have had an effect on things like Silicon Valley Bank and all of those banks, uh, Dr. Will, that haven't properly worked their balance sheets. So what does Jerome Powell do in the face of this? What does this do to inflation in the United States? What do you think the response will be? It makes it
3: worse. Poor, I feel bad for Jerome Powell because first the Biden administration pressures him to reverse his course on cutting you know, back down on inflation. And then OPEC makes it harder. Remember, we talk about cash and stuff. OPEC just reduced the amount of stuff in the world. That causes inflation. Remember, we want that stuff to keep up with the cash. And they just reverse that trend. Ouch. That's going to make Powell, Jerome Powell's
0: job a little bit harder. So now here you are. You're realizing that uh, you're you want to be somebody investing in the United States. You're you're somebody who's got your your 401k. You're somebody who who needs that market uh, to move in the right direction, and everything is against you now with oil. And you say to yourself, Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. At least I can still invest in McDonald's because everybody loves an egg McMuffin, which is a perfect food. Everybody loves some fries and 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 I don't know what they're doing with that Coke syrup. but damn, is it delicious and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be fine. I'm still gonna be able to get my McDonald's. You know what I can invest in McDonald's And then we hear from The Wall Street Journal that they've closed the doors over there in the corporate offices, and we might be seeing some really ugly movement. What is the story here as you know it, and what should we be on the lookout for? Well, first of all,
3: I would say as an investor, McDonald's is a good investment. There are 42 analysts who follow McDonald's, and 29 of them say that it's still a good buy, and their price target's $300 a share, where the current price is $280. So it's a good investment, but let me tell you why it's a good investment, Tony because they see a coming recession and they're cutting expenses. McDonald's is very, very attuned to the recession pulse. That's what they're focused on because they are a company that goes up and down with the economy. And so what you're going to see is that they're cutting expenses in anticipation of bad times ahead, but they're still going to be profitable. This isn't the mom and pop store. It's not the franchises that are cutting. It's the corporate offices. And so I think a lot of us are waiting to see how much they cut. But they're simply
0: cutting to maintain profitability, Tony. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I I didn't think there was any question uh, about that. So this could be seen as actually a fine sign, uh, smart uh, corporate uh, governance. You just can't have all that dead weight. It's got to go. But we don't view it that way. Uh, Dr. Will, when it comes to uh, the tech world, we've seen the layoffs from Amazon, the layoffs from Microsoft, the layoffs from Facebook, and we engage concern about that, that the tech sector as a whole is laying off. You don't think what we, that the corporate layoff side of McDonald's is an indicator of this problematic economy, uh, or oh. can it be an indicator of that and good corporate governance? It, it, both,
3: both Tony, It's it's the latter. It's a sign of, one, they're controlling their costs. They have a much better pulse on their costs than they did, let's say, five or six years ago. That's just the nature of businesses nowadays. So they're cutting their costs, tech's laying off, McDonald's laying off. Tony, that's a good thing for their bottom line, but they're also telling you we don't see the economy looking good in the future. So, yes, they're controlling their own expenses, and the market went up as a reaction to oil. It went up in a reaction to McDonald's. They all benefit from this because they're cutting costs. But Tony, that's not long-term good for the economy. You always talk about Wall Street versus Main Street. Right. These both of these moves are good for Wall Street. Oil energy companies up. McDonald's up. If you're a stock, if you know, if you're the fat cat on Wall Street, you're doing fine in, with these two announcements. But if you're the person on Main Street who's working at
0: these companies, you're not doing so well. Yeah, it's it, the the difference between Wall Street, Midwest, Main Street. Is 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 a huge one, and one that always has to to be remembered. Uh, but it, it's it's interesting. It's it's a different take on this uh, in looking at uh, these cuts. Says oh, you've got McDonald's doing what's right for the business. Is there a belief? that this is going to trend out if not only based on need but based on opportunity if you're uh yum brands which owns kentucky fried chicken if you're the darden group uh if you're one of these major uh restaurant players are you looking at this move from mcdonald's and saying Maybe we can shed a couple million dollars worth of payroll here and uh, and that'll be better for our bottom line. And, yeah, we could all make that work. And Tommy down the hall's got to go. Let me
3: say we can shed hundreds of millions of dollars in payroll. That's what they're thinking. Um, the, The fast food business is a commodity business, Tony. And leading the leading indicator in that industry is McDonald's. And so, yes, as McDonald's goes, so goes the entire industry. And you're going to see cuts from other companies now that McDonald's is doing it. Because what if you're Burger King or what if you're Wendy's and you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, their cost structure is going down? You know, we're in a commodity business. We're going to compete. And so they're going to react accordingly.
0: Dr. Matt Will is his name, economist, University of Indianapolis, sir. I appreciate taking the time uh, to be with us. And uh, of course, uh, don't forget, guys, find everything I'm doing over at Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So the word is now out that Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, will meet with the President of Taiwan in California. China is infuriated, referring to it as a provocation. Let China go pound sand, as the expression would go. Tony Katz, good to be with you, Tony Katz, today. McCarthy's office announced just today that this meeting will take place at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. We're talking about Simi Valley, California. If you've never been to the Reagan Library, it is spectacular. This is different than the Reagan Ranch. The library is a remarkable spot. It is where Ronald Reagan is buried. I've got that right. Yes, I, 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 I do have that right. It is, it is what a, what a what a view, what an absolute everything. Taiwan, of course, self-governing island, wants its independence. China keeps talking about something called the one China policy and says no. The United States positioning on Taiwan is rather unique. We don't question the one China policy. But we maintain a friendly conversation with Taiwan and believe in the ability for them to engage levels of self-determination. Joe Biden has been clear that he will support Taiwan if China were to get, well, I believe the proper term in the diplomacy is uppity. Nancy Pelosi went to visit Taiwan. China was like, don't you dare. Of course, Nancy Pelosi should have gone to Taiwan. Then you had other uh, Republicans go to Taiwan. Of course, they should have gone to Taiwan. And now you've got uh, the president of Taiwan, I believe I pronounce her name, Tsai Ing-wen, coming and they're going to meet. We know uh, that uh, people like Roger Wicker, who is um, uh, on the Armed Services Committee, uh, that there might be other Republicans who join uh, the meeting. I actually think you should have Democrats as well. Don't, because Republicans, I believe, did go with Pelosi. I believe that happened. Um, This is about support of Taiwan. That's what this is about. So go be supportive in a bipartisan way. That's my take. Find everything TonyKatz.Locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today.